Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase, every day. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City Branch. Subject to credit approval. Terms apply. It's my pleasure to welcome you here to the Clark Howard Show. Our mission, to serve and empower you so you make better financial decisions in your life. In today's episode, I'm going to tell you about some myths around money I want you to be aware of. Also, extended warranties. Are they ever worth it? Well, we got to talk because there's something over the years that has puzzled me where I've had, it's got to be in the hundreds of times, I've had people say to me that they leave balances open on their credit cards because they want to raise their credit score. And it shows that there's a a lack of some level of understanding about how credit reporting works and credit scores, so much so that a survey that LendingTree did in January found that just a whisker under half of people think that that's true, that you don't want to, even if you can afford to pay a balance on a credit card in a month to zero, you don't want to do it because, well, I'm going to buy a house or I'm going to do this or that or the other and I got to raise my credit score. And I don't know where this urban legend started, but the reality is there is zero benefit to leaving a balance open on a credit card because you're paying to average credit card somewhere around 18% interest. And when you have an open balance, the charges you make going forward, the interest is accruing right away, daily interest. When you pay the balance in full on a card, you have a grace period. And then you pay that balance that you develop during that billing cycle in full, you got an interest-free loan from the credit card company. Now, I like that. So, whatever, wherever, however, that legend started, that it's good for you to run a balance, forget it. You know something else? A third of people believe that using credit cards is bad for you, that you always want to use a debit card. So, I don't know where that one started. The reality is, if you've listened to me for any period of time, you know what I call a debit card, a piece of trash, fake Visa, or fake MasterCard. The credit card developed as a product during a time that the Congress was not corrupt, bought and paid for by who they got money from. And so Congress wrote into law consumer protections for credit cards. There was no thought, no idea of a debit card when those rules were developed in the 1960s. You fast forward, the debit card is a product really of the 10s, 50 years later. So the debit card, in an era that the Congress is controlled by corporate contributions, the debit card has no consumer protections at all. That's why you see all those endless ads from Visa 
trying to con you into using the debit card from the banks pushing you to use the debit card because it is such a powerful win for them when you use that debit card because let's say you buy something online use that debit card and the merchant never sends you the merchandise what happens to your money it's gone what happens if the merchant lies to you about the goods and sends you something very different than what they represented with a debit card you're done your money's gone with a credit card under the federal law I'm talking about that was designed in the 1960s, you have these protections. And no, there were not dinosaurs roaming the earth in the 1960s like my kids think. But you have protections to dispute a purchase with a credit card. No such right exists under the law. Now, the banks could have gone to Congress when they came up with the idea of debit cards and not fought having these protections but consumers never even got a fair hearing on having any protections with debit cards but wait it gets worse so what happens if a crook duplicates your credit card number or steals your credit card and they're using it they're using your card they're using your number you're in possession of your card you don't even know how they got your number but they're using it What's your risk? What's your liability with a credit card? Generally zero, maximum $50 in the worst circumstances. But again, no money is left to your hands. You just dispute those charges. With a debit card, what happens? Well, the criminal empties your checking account. You have overdraft, they empty that too. You can have checks bouncing all over the place. And the bank is even allowed to collect all those bounced check charges. And you were a victim of a crime. But wait, it gets worse. Under the rules, wait, there's more. Under the rules, the bank is the judge, jury, and executioner on the determination if you committed the fraud or it was done by a fraudster. They are given two weeks to decide. And after two weeks, they can say, tough we think you did it and you're out the money you're out the money or they can issue you a temporary credit and then continue whatever their fake investigation is or after two weeks they can give you your money back and i'll get calls from people who say hey you know My credit union gave me the money back right away. I don't know what you're talking about. Or my bank gave me the money back after a day. You don't know what you're talking about. Just because some credit union or some bank went beyond the law and went ahead and took care of you doesn't mean they have to. It's just they did. Better there be full legal protections under the law. So be aware of this. And know that a debit card, the only role it really plays is if you are someone who knows if you have credit cards, you'll spend yourself into oblivion and into debt. In that one circumstance, a debit card likely could be preferable because you can't spend money you don't have. Krista? 
patron in Connecticut says, how many payments can you be behind on a credit card before it affects your credit score? So the credit card company can report you 30 days late. So a single late payment that goes beyond 30 days will potentially be reported on your credit report. A single 30-day late is not in and of itself devastating unless you're somebody who has what's called a golden credit score. If you had a score that was somewhere between 8 and 850, then a single 30-day late would really eat you up. Uh, For others with more normal Earthling credit scores, a single over 30 would hurt you for a while but would not be devastating. But if you end up going over 60 where you have a 30, you have a 60, you're overdue like that, then it starts to be a real problem for you moving forward. And so the important thing is for you to stay in touch with your credit card company and let them know you're having financial difficulty and see if they can work with you and hopefully avoid too many bad marks on your credit. Mindy in Georgia says, I have a great credit score and no debt. I fell prey to a store credit card in December while Christmas shopping just because they offered me 20% off my purchase. Turns out it was actually a MasterCard, not just a store credit card. I did activate it because I returned something and needed to request a refund. I have no need for another credit card. I already have two with a total credit line of $23,000. This one has a credit limit of $2,500. Should I cancel it or just let it sit? Mindy, I'm so excited to tell you this is your lucky day. You won the store credit card lottery. It's actually vastly superior for you that it had a MasterCard logo on it, making it what's known as a general purpose credit card instead of a store card. Store cards are considered to be junk credit and can harm your credit standing. The fact that you already have this store MasterCard is to your advantage in your credit reporting and your credit mix. You took a small hit for a new application for credit, which is a hard inquiry on your credit, minor number of points. But now having that third card is good for you. I know it's weird, but it's good for you to have it. And it will increase your total available credit, which by itself will raise your credit score. Johnny in Georgia says, I'm interested in a car warranty for my 12-year-old vehicle, and I'm very confused about which reliable auto warranty to purchase. Help me, please. Johnny, I'm going to address the warranty stuff in just a couple of moments here. And I want to tell you, for a 12-year-old vehicle, you actually can't buy a legitimate car warranty. 12-year-old vehicle, you're really on your own. You want to put money into, instead of spending what you would spend the few thousand dollars for a car warranty, you want to put that money into a savings account or mad money account or emergency account to deal with the unexpected repair that may come at a later time. So coming straight ahead, I'll address head on the issues with extended warranties and how you play that game. Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. 
That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City Branch, subject to credit approval. Terms apply. First, the bad news. SAP Business AI won't help you generate Cubist versions of your family's holiday photos. But it will help you understand which supplier is best to help you roll out your plant-based packaging in Southeast Asia, identify the training your junior project manager needs to rise up the ranks, and automate repetitive tasks while you focus on big innovations. So you can be ready for the next opportunity. Revolutionary technology. Real-world results. That's SAP Business AI. Johnny, just moments ago, asked about buying an extended warranty on a 12-year-old car, if I remember the length, the age of the vehicle. And this is an area so rife with fraud that I got to make sure you know what's up. I think about how many of us get those bogus phone calls, a lot of people, multiple times a day, or get a letter saying the warranty on your vehicle will soon expire or has expired or whatever, and they're trying to sell you piece of trash, fake warranty. There are all the ads on TV for buying the extended warranties on cars, and almost always these are either out-and-out frauds or just really bad deals. Usually they're out-and-out frauds. In my TV work, I've done... Uh, sad story after story about people who bought these trashy fake warranties, paid the thousands of dollars, and then turned out that there was no real coverage. A lot of these are organized crime activities where they set up what looks like an impressive warranty operation, collect millions of dollars in premiums, and then they vanish into the night in what's referred to as a bust-out. So know that this is an area with a lot of hoodlums and you've got to be very aware that the possibility that you are buying a good legitimate extended warranty, sadly even from a car dealer, is probably a fraction of a percent. Maybe maybe even you might have a 5% chance that you're buying a legitimate one from a car dealer. The reality is the car dealers don't talk about it because they don't make the markup on them. The only legitimate extended warranties that you can have peace of mind with on a vehicle are the ones sold by the manufacturer itself. Again, the dealers typically won't quote you those because their commissions are so tiny on those versus these third-party warranties that they can make thousands of dollars on and then you're left holding the bag when something goes wrong with your vehicle. So if you're whatever brand you're buying, normally the manufacturer itself will offer an extension of a warranty. And then it is legit. It will be expensive. It will be expensive, but it will be the real deal. The question, though, is should you even buy one at all? Okay, here's a shocking stat that was just in a column by David Lazarus, the consumer writer extraordinaire with the Los Angeles Times. Okay, this is crazy. More than half of people 
who've bought extended warranties on vehicles, even more than one, more than half have never, ever, ever, not ever used that warranty for a claim. So you're paying thousands of dollars for supposed peace of mind that you never, ever even use. You may have bought a very reliable car or it may have had things that go wrong with it while it's under manufacturer's original warranty, any of a number of circumstances. This is one of those things that I've been neutral about all through the years. Why am I neutral? Because the cost of a repair on a vehicle can be very expensive. And if you don't have money to deal with emergency expenses... This is a forced way of paying for it through an extended warranty. But no, the math is not in your favor. And that's why it's best for you to put money regularly into an emergency fund for anything in your life that becomes a smaller big oops, rather than buying these warranties. But remember the rule, note it in your memory, always, always. When you buy one of these, make sure it's from the manufacturer of your vehicle itself and no one else. Krista? Clark Tina in Connecticut says, I have a brokerage account with one of the big banks. I know, I know. I need to get it out of there, especially with this particular bank. The advisor is someone my parents have also used for years, and out of loyalty, we've followed him to a couple of places he's worked. He has recently created his own company, kind of. He's the president at Asset Advisors, part of the Big Bank Financial Advisors Network. So do you know how this works? My hope is that at some point this person would be independent of the bank, or do I just need to break free so I can go with one of your favorite investment children? Okay, so we have a new write-up for you at Clark.com on how you know whether or not this person is safe for you to use. I mean, they work at a bank that has had multiple scandals, including on their financial advisor side. So the individual, if they are somehow independent, they need to sign a legal agreement with you that they are, in fact, a fee-only fiduciary. Fee-only fiduciary. What that means is that they get no commissions for any product that they would recommend. Second, it means that they legally bind themselves to only doing what is in your best interest. Now, this bank does not operate under those principles normally, and they have had a checkered and hideous history of cheating their customers on the brokerage side, as well as the banking side. So, This is an individual you know well, you have family history with, and that only takes you so far. If they are not legally a fiduciary who is doing business fee only, I think you've got to make that painful break. Jan in Idaho says, my 11-year-old grandson was given a female dog from a family friend slash dog breeder with the understanding that any money made from the puppies would go into a college fund. 
His mother would like it to go into an account that can be accessible to her in case of emergency. She's a single mother of two and also in healthcare, which is unpredictable during the pandemic. This account could be added to every year for the next five years at a possibility of up to $20,000 per year. What kind of account should this money go into, safe from taxes and easy to access? In whose name should it be? Would an online savings account be the answer? Wow, wow, and wow. Okay, so a 529 college savings plan is a tax-free account. We grow tax-free and we protect the money for this child's future use for college. You threw a complete curveball with the idea that the mom may actually help herself to this money that her son would earn off of the breeding of this dog. Let me tell you, her son is going to work his rear end off with those puppies. That is serious, serious, all-consuming work and time-consuming work taking care of those puppies. So I'm very, very concerned about your question because it blows apart the whole purpose of why he would have this female dog and what the result would be in terms of being able to pay for college. Odds are the mom would repeatedly find reasons that the money is needed to pay for life. And although that is legitimate, it was not the goal or the purpose. And other uses would not be tax-free. Joseph from Indiana says, on Airbnb and saw some places I would consider renting, but had some concerns from horror stories I've heard about owners spying on the renters. Also, what is a super host? Would it be better to rent from someone with that title? So I'll deal with your questions in reverse. So a super host is somebody who may have multiple properties that they rent on Airbnb. They rent very high volume. It will usually be someone who has a string of very, very, very good reviews and many reviews as well. It will not always mean that. Sometimes it will just mean that they have high volume of properties and bookings on Airbnb. But it gives you the uh, more assurance that this is somebody who is not an amateur. They are essentially a professional landlord, a professional host. On the thing about the cameras, there's been a lot of stuff that has run around every time there's a rental unit where the owner has spy cameras in it and people feel legitimately they are being completely violated. And a lot of these cameras are ultra small. I don't know a way for you to vet that specifically to see if a property does have cameras uh, in it that are being used to spy on you. I still believe, though, that it is an isolated issue, an isolated problem. And renting on Airbnb is a legitimate way to take a vacation. I will tell you, though, because of the pandemic, hotel rates have been very depressed and hotels generally are cheaper to stay in per night right now than Airbnb rentals. I want to thank you so much for joining us on today's podcast. And I want you to know that we serve you around the clock. Check out our websites. If you've not been to both Clark.com and ClarkDeals.com, 
And we also have free newsletters available. You decide what newsletters you want, how many times you'd like to see them per week. And we are there to educate you, to empower you, and to serve you. 